this week on the National Football League edition of Lighting Money on Fire. We just had the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, and let me tell you, hearts were broken, people. We had the double doink game, which, you know, very, very sad for one of us who roots for the Bears, who will not be named. Sorry about that, dude. Uh, We had lots of other great action, including a Seattle cover, which happened out of nowhere and broke hearts in its own way and cost me some money. I'll just say that. We've got... We're also going to preview the divisional round of the playoffs that's coming up in some fantastic games I'm really looking forward to. And not only that, we're also throwing in at no extra charge a first-round fantasy mock draft in our fantasy check-in action. Man, I'm looking forward to all of it. It's coming up right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. We've done a lot of podcasts in our life. How many podcasts do you think we've done? Um, I'm going to say we've done... That's a good question. Just together, not... not yeah, yeah no, I understand, yeah, because I've done a lot besides it. But between us, I'm going to say we've done 350 podcasts, maybe even more. You are insane. It's so much more than that. Really? How, so much how, more? How, yeah. We used, to do pod, we used to do one a week for yeah. a while. I think I'm going to say around 550. No, that's too many. You're wrong. Now, now you're crazy. You're counting all the Sportnados... All the double, <laughs> triple breakdowns. We used to do three a week sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So what's your point? My point is this is one of the most excited I've been for. Ah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Even though it won't reach as wide of an audience nope. as our poker stuff. Which Maybe reaches, it will. Which is, uh, what, a, a 220x, 50x audience of this. <laughs> it's a lot more than 20x. Yeah. yeah. Like 60, it's, 70x. It's, it's actually closer to, uh, yeah, 60x, I think. Yeah. 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 So for so the, for every listener, for the there's sixty. Few, there's sixty people listening to Poker Podcast. The chosen few who are listening now know yeah. that I am experiencing joy. Yeah. And you can know that you were part of that with me. I am so, super psyched for this show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not psyched about the whole Bears result thing, which Jonathan no. teased, but we'll talk about that. But before we get to that, we did have a hiatus, but we did have best bets from Week 16 of the NFL season. And right. This is a sports betting podcast, of course. So we have to talk about how those went. Got to check in. And the answer is uh, not great. No, poorly. The answer is poorly. We had uh, San Francisco, who was uh, up against the Rams in San Francisco, right? And they were plus 14. Yep. And they no, lost. no, that's Arizona. You're oh, sorry, about. Arizona. You're right. We also had San Francisco besides that, but they were hosting Chicago. Um, we had Arizona at home, plus 14 against the Rams. They got bombed 31 to 9. It didn't really feel close either. Like, the score didn't even feel that close, honestly. It was bad. Yeah. Got completely destroyed. And then, of course, we also had the 49ers, who were hosting your Chicago Bears. They were plus 4. They lost by five. Yep. That was a game where actually I thought we kind of got unlucky in watching it. Like the 49ers had that game won a few different times, it seemed like, or certainly the cover, at least. They picked off Trubisky in the end zone at the end of the first half, and there was a flag which called it back, and then the Chicago got, ended up getting a field goal out of it. Stuff like that happened, and it was just like, come on, man. So it looked like San Francisco was going to win that game most of the way, but then, you know, not only did they not win, they did not cover. All right, well. Sad. That, that was sad, but let's not talk about that anymore. No. Let's talk about what people want to hear. Yes. Which is, uh, let's talk about the last weekend, the wild card okay. round of the NFL. There were some pretty good games. There were some pretty bad games. I'm going to yeah. start with the bad game. That okay. would be the Colts and the Texans. The Texans, as the division winners of the AFC South, got to host the wild card Colts, who started 1-5. and five. This was really the only bad, truly bad game, right? Yeah. I guess the Seattle-Dallas game wasn't super great either, but this was the worst game for sure. It was 21 nothing at the half, Indianapolis, and Houston never really felt like they were in the game. Right, so all year, 
you especially have been yeah. saying that the Texans are pretenders. I I agreed with you, but you mm-hmm. were more like irrationally angry about it almost. I was. Yeah. And uh, it seems that they are pretenders based on this game, at least. I mean, Andrew Luck sliced him and diced him, man. He did. He uh, he had no problem moving the ball. They also ran the ball really effectively against Texas or Houston, I should say. Um, Deshaun Watson continued to struggle. Now, he's good. Yes. And his numbers for the season actually were surprisingly good. Their offense was good. They just struggled in the red zone all year long. I got to believe they're going to be able to figure that out over time. Maybe they just need a better running back, maybe a better tight end, another wide receiver to help DeAndre. I'm not sure what it is, but they just can't score when they need to score, man. And so, like, they get three instead of seven so much of the time. Now, that didn't really come up here because they couldn't move the ball much against Indianapolis, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Indianapolis has a reasonable defense. Okay, fine. They do. Reasonable. But, like, come on, man. Well, you're, in, you're, you're at home. You're the Texans. You have one of the dynamic quarterbacks in the league and the best wide receiver in the league. At least it's a reasonable thing to say. It's arguably the best wide receiver in the well, league. Let me say that. I think it's possible they're a regular season team, not a playoff team, which is a, a thing people say that doesn't mean anything. That's correct. Um, but what I mean when I say that is that they don't have the elements that are not flashy but are needed to win games. And mm. specifically, I'm talking about the offensive line. They have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. It's very rare for a team with the worst offensive line in the NFL to make the playoffs at all. It's obviously an underrated position, um, not undervalued by GMs. They get paid a lot, but people don't really know the names of most offensive linemen. But it's extremely important, obviously. Like, your your whole offense is predicated on your offensive line being able to protect the quarterback, especially if the quarterback is really good, yeah. like Deshaun Watson. And, you know, Lamar Miller can't do anything, or I guess he's not even, he wasn't even playing, was he? He was Alfred Blue most of the time. But uh, No, Lamar Miller, I mean, he, he played a little, didn't oh, okay. he? Okay. But whatever, yeah. It doesn't matter. The offensive line is garbage, and that's a real problem. Yeah, that's fair. Lamar Miller did lead the, did lead the running backs and carries with five. Deshaun Watson actually led all rushers with eight. These are rushes. And also, Lamar Miller ran eight, five times for 18 yards and led the team in rushing, not, not including the quarterback, right. of course. Deshaun went eight for 76 because he's dynamic as hell and is... I mean, he's still got a real good chance to be a star. Of course. And to, I, I think the offensive line is really the problem. To elaborate yeah. on my point, Deshaun Watson... Now, of course, part of this is the quarterback's fault, but it's not entirely the quarterback's fault. Deshaun Watson was sacked the most times in the NFL since 2007. Yeah. Sacked 64 times. Andrew Luck, who the Colts have invested a lot of resources in the offensive line recently. They have, like, three recent first-round picks on the offensive line, including a rookie who's killing it, and he was sacked 18 times. Yeah, that's all year. Unbelievable, the difference So I think that really elaborates the point of how important that is, and the Colts had no problem beating up on the Texans. 46 more sacks. Yeah. Wow, that's like two and a half times more per game. You're getting slammed to the ground. That's not good. Right, and obviously that disrupts your entire possession every time you get sacked as well. I actually really think, too, that Deshaun was hurt most of the year. He had a cracked rib. I don't know that he ever got completely healthy from that. So I think like every time like moved moved in particular ways, it like hurt really is like sharp pain and stuff like that. It's possible he gets this off season now to really heal up. He's going to come back and be a way better player. We'll see if that's true or not. They were, they were relatively able to move the ball between the twenties. Just once they got to the red zone all season long, they struggled. It was very strange. Their team that rode their small amount of great players to some wins. Yeah. They have, like, six great players, and everything else is garbage is what it feels like. <laughs> you know, like, they have Deshaun Watson. They have DeAndre Hopkins yeah. on offense. 
Will Fuller is pretty good when he was playing. He's all right. He's not a star. J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney are really yeah. good defensive players. And they have another guy on defense who's really good, but I can't remember who. But whatever. They have, like, stars at certain positions. But it wasn't enough to overcome the collective effort of the Colts. Yeah. And so then this brings me to the question. So the Colts, who started off 1-5. and five, Yeah. And came out like a house of fire at the end, right? What's a house of fire? House of fire. What is that? It's a house on fire. But why you say it? And what does that mean? Is that good? Yeah, it means they came on super hot. So if your they house got is super on fire, hot. if your house is on fire, it's good. It's hot, and they were hot. Okay. So there you go. Certain parts of the they house were. are hot. Depends on how. If the house is on fire, it's hot. Depends on how how on fire. It's not less hot if the house is on fire somewhere and you're somewhere else in the house. It's always at least as hot as it normally is, and probably hotter. Come on. I don't know if I agree with that. What if what? what if it's winter and you haven't had the heat on, and there's a small fire in the opposite corner of the house that hasn't started well, the, the entire house? Now the you're house en- is technically on fire. Now you're engineering <laughs> a situation, and that's what we I mean, do here. What if I walk into an on fire house and pour liquid nitrogen in, you know, a room where there isn't a fire? Okay, it's gonna be colder but come on so explain yourself <laughs> anyway my point is on the colts even though i've been down on frank reich all year long you hate that guy boy you know he everyone thinks he's like the next great coach i gotta tell you everybody um everyone's super excited about frank reich they they're probably right um i just hate that one decision in him defending it so staunchly it like stays with me but um yeah they went nuts so in the end and went when what nine of their last 10 games and uh, and now have won ten of their last eleven. They're looking great. Andrew Luck is looking great. I don't want to get into the preview for next week yet because that's yeah. that's what we're we're going to get to that. But what do you think about this Colts team and sort of their overall like outlook now? Like not just for this year, but like for the future. Andrew Luck is twenty nine or thirty something, something like that. that. So he's got, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of time. At least five prime years. Oh yeah, remaining. It, maybe maybe a lot more. These guys nowadays, Drew Drew Brees, yeah. Tom Brady, they play well into their forties. You know, Marlon Mack seems like he's a pretty good running back. He's at least reasonable. They have a good offensive line, and they're all young. That's that's pretty big. They have one of the great uh, rookie linebackers of all time. Yeah, he's actually going to win rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so defensive rookie of the year, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they will have a good future. They yep. have a bright future. It's good. Like, do you see them, uh, like, owning the division for a while? I don't know. The Texans also have a bright future. Yep, they do. It's going to be interesting to watch those guys, those two teams battle. Because DeAndre and Deshaun and, and like, J.J. Watt might retire sometime soon. I don't yeah. know. He's not that old, but he's got a lot of injuries. Clowney's going to be around for a while. Um, and if they just invest in the offensive line, I think the Texans and the Colts are going to fight for that division for a while. I agree. I mean, I don't see Jacksonville or Tennessee, even though Tennessee made the playoffs. Yeah. Being true contenders, unless Mariota makes major steps forward. Tennessee made the playoffs. Oh God! In my mind, they did because they played Indianapolis in Week 17 on Sunday night, and it was for a playoff spot. And I just keep thinking they made the playoffs, even though they, they absolutely did not. Did make not. The playoffs. You know, even when we were watching that game, I kept referring it to a, as a playoff yeah, game, did. and I didn't mean it like metaphorically. I actually, in my mind, we were already in the playoffs. Yeah. Because in some ways we were, but of course not really. Um, yeah. So they did, they almost made the playoffs. Let right. me say that. Although they did get manhandled by yeah. Indy. Um, yeah, I don't see them as being a true contender anytime soon, mostly because Mariota just isn't good enough. Like, he's fine, but that's all he is. And he's not dynamic. Like, Luck and Deshaun are going to be the class of this division, and maybe even the class of the AFC. Uh, or, and, of course, Pat Mahomes is going to be there, too, yeah. over the next five to ten years. Those guys might really dominate. Yeah. If I were to bet on the division winner from the AFC South next year, I would bet on the Colts 
three years from now, I don't know. It's a toss-up between the Colts and the Texans. I think it's pretty clear the Colts should be the favorites yeah. next year. I, I completely agree. I mean, the Colts also did just beat the Texans really comfortably, which makes yeah. it easy to say that, but fair enough. Um, it's hard to see the Texans getting a lot better this year to next, unless it's just about Deshaun being healthier. Or it's just about the offensive line. What if they sign, like, their first rounder is an offensive, like a left guard who really works out, and then they go in free agency, get a big-time left tackle, and all of a sudden their offensive line is pretty good. Yeah. That might be everything. Yeah. That's true. Well, that'll be exciting if they do it, but until they do it, I'm not convinced. I'm also not convinced Bill O'Brien's that good a coach. Yeah, neither am I. So, Let's all right, move on. Yes. Seahawks and Dallas. Yes. Seahawks had to go play in Dallas because Dallas won the weakest division. Mm-hmm. Um, this seemed like a game of pretenders to me yeah. a little bit. The Seahawks less of a pretender than Dallas, even though they ended up losing the game. I think that's fair. Uh, Zeke is good. That's cool. Dak Prescott is reasonable. Dallas seems to have a pretty good defense. They have a lot of good pieces on defense. So that's what they have working for them. It was it was kind of a defensive battle despite the score getting to 24-22. Yep. Um, what, are you, what are your major takeaways from this game? Um, I, like many people, really hate how uh, these coaches coached offensively, these teams. Mm. Uh, I've struggled with the Seahawks all season because they they run the ball so much now. They do. It's like an insane amount. So just to give everyone a sense, now they were losing in this game a lot. And Russell Wilson threw the ball 27 times. Let's see how many times they actually ran the ball. They ran the ball 24 times. Now, but remember, they were losing at the end, so they were throwing the ball a whole lot at the end, too. Yeah. So I think the run-pass distribution was more run than pass until probably about five minutes to go in the game or something. Right. Um, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch them get, like, two yards and then run it again for three yards and then throw the ball. And that's, like, what they do. And they've been doing it all season. Yeah. And now it's worked for them. I'll say that. Everyone thought they were going to be terrible. They were pretty darn good. Yeah. But Russell Wilson's the best offensive player they have, and right? he might have had the best year of his career this year. He had a great year. It's super weird. Like, I saw, I think it was Josh Eberly who tweeted this. I could be wrong. Um, I follow him, so it could be him. It could have been Jonathan Bales. Um, but I think it was Josh who tweeted that if you're going to, like, Seattle should trade Russell Wilson to the Giants for three first-round picks if they're going to have a game plan like this because there's no QBs worth $30 million, no matter what they do in this kind of a game plan. Yeah. And there's something to that. That's reasonable. Like, all these other teams, the Pats, the, the four best teams offensively in the league were the Pats, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Saints. Mm-hmm. And they all basically ride their quarterbacks. The Pats yeah. a little bit less so than those other teams this season. But, like... Drew Brees, they just throw the ball constantly, right? They run some, but they're really all about throwing the ball, right? Yeah. The throwing the ball establishes everything. Of course, that's true with the Chiefs as well, right? Of course it is. The Rams have Todd Gurley, but, I mean, so many yards come through the air for yeah. them, right? They're such a threat. And to take that away when you have this amazingly good player, I know he always starts slow, but he's always by the end of the season, he's always one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and he very well may be the best clutch quarterback in the league. Yeah. I just don't know why you're setting up these situations where you don't take advantage of this. By the way, his passing, his passer rating to Tyler Lockett for the season was perfect. Yep. It was 158 and a half or whatever it is. One, you know, whatever the number is to be perfect. That's what it was. It's crazy. Pro Football Focus came out with something that said Tyler Lockett had the best receiver season over the past some crazy amount of years. 20 like, years is what you said. Yeah, something like, yeah. something like that. It's, it's absurd. That is absurd. Yeah. So, crazy I mean, they, and absurd. Going forward, the CX do have a good receiver duo with Baldwin and Lockett. Yep. And their defense is mostly young. They still have some holdovers from the really good defensive old with Bobby Wagner being their best player on defense, and he's playing great. Mm-hmm. He's still only 30 or something. 
So they, they have a good defensive future, a good offensive future. I think the Seahawks still have time to capitalize on Russell Wilson's window if they maybe game plan a little more aggressively. I think so. I mean, they're going to, it's going to be tough because the Rams are in their division. So it's going to be hard to win the division for the next few years. And that's Russell Wilson's main window. I mean, he's going to be around for a while, but like mostly you think like the next four or five years is like his prime window, right? Yeah. Now, I know again, quarterbacks' prime seem to be getting stretched and elongated. He's a scrambler, so that is part yeah. of his skill is like he doesn't get a ton of yards on the ground anymore, but he extends plays with scrambling, and that's a huge part of his game. Mm-hmm. So he might get leveled once in a while, yeah. which is problematic. I would just love to see them be more aggressive. Now, they, they wrote this formula to a lot of a lot of good things this year. So it's not really fair to crush them for this. And they were in this game. It wasn't a fun game really until the end, but they were legit in this, uh, this Dallas game up until the very end of the game. So that's good too, right? I mean, that's what you're looking for. It was, uh, it was a three point game until Dallas finally scored with two minutes and eight seconds left to make it 10, but it was 17, 14 for most of the fourth quarter. And then Dak had that great run on third down where it was like third and nine or something like that and just scrambled and somehow got all the way into the, like just getting the first down was yeah. going to end the game probably, but he got in for the touchdown instead, which of course led to the most heartbreaking uh, non-cover for many people, not maybe not of their lifetime, but certainly of the year. Yeah, that was, that was pretty rough because Janikowski was hurt. Janikowski got hurt in the first half. And so Seattle would have gone, would have kicked an extra point in the first half, but instead had felt obligated to go for two. Um, they got it in mm-hmm. the first half. And then later on, when they scored with 118 left, they were down by 10. They scored the touchdown and again went for two, which tells you how little they trusted their punter yeah. to kick a field goal or anyone else, and got it again. So they lost by two points. The line was two and a half. That's unbelievable. They were out of timeouts. Like, if they don't get the touchdown and the two-point conversion and decide to even go for it. If they just kick an extra point, they're just going to lose the game down by three almost always, and that's it. Like, we yeah. saw what happened with their their ridiculously bad onside kick, right? right. I mean, yeah. la- the laughable onside kick. Again, Janikowski was out, so it's going to be all messed up, and it was. But, like, a brutal way to lose at the very end in a way it's, like, just should never happen. But, like, once in a while, weird shit happens. Yeah. So as far as Dallas is concerned, I don't think they're going anywhere this year. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about them in our next segment and what's yeah. going to happen, but I am bearish on the boys this year and probably in general. Like, yeah, I just I don't, think, I, I don't think, think Dak of, is good enough to like have a be lot a threat. Defensive upside. Sure. They, I mean, maybe Amari Cooper is going to like really, he was really good this year when he was, since he got traded and maybe he'll be great for them next year and maybe that'll be helpful. Yeah. But I am not pest. I'm not optimistic that they're going to be a major threat next year. Like I like the Eagles better than I like the Cowboys next year, even though the Eagles struggled most of the season, no matter who the quarterback is of the Eagles is. All right, moving on chargers versus the Ravens. This was a weird game. This was a weird game that the chargers dominated for pretty much the entire game. And then somehow the Ravens almost came back and won it at the end. Yeah. The Ravens got the ball. I mean, the Ravens were down 23 to three in the fourth quarter and had a chance to win at the end of the game. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, just like, it's weird because we, I was, we watched the game together and I was saying to you, uh, how, don't you just have to put in Flacco? Right. You need someone who can throw the ball and Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. And suddenly Lamar Jackson just started throwing and getting touchdowns and he bam, threw, they were right back in. two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And right? they were, lit- he had a lot of like big throws too. They weren't just like dump offs, which is what he'd been doing all game long yeah. and really all season long. But when they asked him, they asked him to do more. He was really, he really needed to do more. It's sort of the first time since he'd been playing too, that they were down by this many points, I think uh, 
he did deliver. And it makes me think, oh, maybe he does have a future. Yeah. Like a legit future. Not like, uh, I'll be your quarterback for two years, then you'll have to draft someone else because yeah. I can't throw. Maybe, maybe he really does have uh, enough of an arm and enough accuracy to make this work. It's possible that the coaches don't trust him enough to, to call plays that yeah. allow him to try to throw it deep. And I assume mm-hmm. he's probably not a great deep ball thrower just based on everything I've seen, but he could probably get better. And I mean, it seemed like he, had, he sometimes gets it. Like he had a, a throw to Crabtree that was pretty good. Deep yeah. Ball throw. Now, right now, they're not really covering the wide, re- the wide receivers deep very much, right? They're not too worried about yeah. it. So the Crabtree play, he had to beat one guy. There was no help. And he beat him easily. And Lamar Jackson still sort of underthrew him and stuff. But it was good enough. And it worked. Um, that's going to change if they actually see him as a threat. But then, of course, then their running game will be more effective. And he is death as a runner. When everyone knows they're running, they've been yeah. running games. So maybe there's a way this works. I mean, Harbaugh is clearly committed to him. He actually said in the post-game interview, he's our quarterback. Joe's not going to be here next year. Right. So, like. That was I was surprised he was so definitive. About he is that. incredibly fast. He ran a four oh, yeah. three four in the combine, which is the second fastest quarterback after Michael Vick, who ran a four three three. Yeah. So if you remember Michael Vick, I mean that guy was incredible yes. at running. And Lamar Jackson is also very very fast. Yeah. So so it was a, it was ended up being a pretty great game, although it didn't feel great for almost all of it. It just was boring. It was twelve to nothing. Then it was fifteen to nothing. 15 to 3, the Chargers score a touchdown. It feels like the game's completely out of reach. And then, or sorry, it's 22 to 3, excuse yeah. me. And, uh, and then Baltimore makes this sort of nut, nutso rally and almost pulls it off, which would have been almost sort of legendary. Would have been incredible. It all ended on a Lamar Jackson fumble, by the way, which has yes. been a problem of his. It sure has. But I'm going to give him a pass for all of it. Overall, he was, he's ahead of schedule, right? Yeah, he's the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game. Really? I think that's correct. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, I was thinking about this with Deshaun Watson, too. So it's Deshaun Watson's second year. And I think some people are disappointed in in him not being better. But, like, I feel like he's so far ahead of schedule still. It's only two years. He's starting for a team that won 10 games and looked good. 11 games, maybe? Yeah. And, uh, and he's a true threat. Like, And he had, a, he had a good year. He had good yeah. numbers this year. He had really good numbers. And I expect he's going to – quarterbacks, unlike running backs, quarterbacks really do improve – yeah. Uh, year to year, much more so, especially the young ones. Like, so he could come out next year and just be way better. Yeah. So, but okay. But so let's sort of continuing on. We're going to talk about the Chargers uh, in our next segment. Where do we think Baltimore's going? So Lamar Jackson's going to be their guy going forward. How do you see them doing next season? Remember, Cleveland's in their division. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's in their division. I think Pittsburgh might fall apart pretty soon. Uh I don't know. It's tough to know. They could be a 12-win team next season, or they could be a 4-win team next season. I think there's a lot of variance there. Yeah. They have Obviously, they have a great defense, and it's relatively young except for Terrell Suggs, who's maybe going to retire. I don't know. I mean, he's just, so old. Yeah, he's 37 or something. Uh, but Julius Peppers is still playing, right? So somehow. I don't even know, man. But they, they have a good defense. They will have a good defense next year. The question is their offense. They don't have any receivers. They have Michael Crabtree. Yeah, I imagine they're going to draft a receiver yeah. a lot of the time, and they're going to uh, sign a receiver, too. They're just going to have to. They also don't really have a running back. I mean, Gus Edwards was pretty good. He's fine, but... He was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, their running back is Lamar Jackson, really. Yeah. I mean, he runs as much as anybody and is very effective, so... I would guess the uh, the line is going to be like nine wins for them next year. It sounds about right. Yeah. I think they're not going to win the division. I don't know if it's going to be Cleveland who's going to... I think Cleveland's going to win the division next year, actually. I think Cleveland's going to take a major step forward. Mayfield's the real deal. It seems like it. And uh, and then I think Pittsburgh's still going to be good. I mean, it's going to be an interesting uh, fight for between those three teams. I guess it was this year, too. But 
Pittsburgh might just go eight and eight next year and or even seven and nine and just miss the playoffs. And that'll be very sad for them. Yep. And so the Chargers are yeah. moving on to play New England. And we'll, th- we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. this is the result that any football fan really wanted, right? Because everybody thinks the Chargers are better than Baltimore. And I mean, I thought they were better. I mean, Vegas had the game at uh, minus three for Baltimore. Yeah. So, I mean, Baltimore has been great the last six. Since they Lamar have. Jackson began starting, they've beaten everyone except the Chiefs. And they should have beat the Chiefs. Like, they had the Chiefs dead to rights. And it slipped, it slipped away at the very, very end. Like, this close to being 6-0 even. So, I mean, I as a Patriots fan, because the Pats were playing the winner of this game, I was rooting for Baltimore to win, let's be clear, because I feel like Lamar Jackson can't throw, although he yep. showed something in the fourth quarter. And uh, and so, like, good, bring it on, please. Like, I don't want to deal with the... This This may be the best San Diego Chargers team I've seen in 20 years, you yeah, know? It's this, a good team. This team is great. They, they have the same record as the Chiefs. Yeah. Like they absolutely can go in and beat and beat New England, no problem. Right. So as a Patriots fan, yeah, I'm definitely more scared of of the Chargers. All right, let's move on to the game that I don't want to talk about. Okay. Philadelphia, nine and seven, traveled to the twelve and four, Chicago Bears. Bears were uh, six and a half point favorites, between five and a half and six a point actually. And the Bears, the Bears lost. They lost in a, an extraordinary game. Like, I, the most was, entertaining game of the weekend, for sure. It was mostly just stressful for me because I haven't seen a Bears playoff game for eight fucking years. That's incredible. And that's what I get. That's what they give to me. I mean, it was a great game, at least. It was a great game. It really was. Very emotional. Very fun. Nick Foles, once again, playing the role of hero. Although he did have some pretty major mistakes. Chicago's, had, Chicago's defense is what kept them in the game. I mean, sure. Trubisky did not have a great game. I mean, yeah, I, w- I wasn't really expecting Trubisky to be very good because I just feel like he's still not totally ready. I agree. He's he's on his way. Yeah, but he's not all the way there yet. And the fact it looked like he, they were going to win anyway, which was going to be awesome for his growth. I think. Yeah. Um, but then he didn't. But in Foles, sort of on the other side of this, you know, just when they absolutely had to have it, it's fourth down. The enti- the game is on the line. They have to score a touchdown. He throws a touchdown pass to Golden Tate, just barely. That play hurt. Yeah, I bet. And, and then somehow the Bears got a miracle play to Anthony Miller. Yep. To get in basically in field goal range. They got a little closer with Jordan Howard run. 43-yard field goal. Very makeable. Ice the kicker. He nailed it down the middle. Cody Parkey. Then he kicked it again and uh, happened to not go in. It was tipped. It was, it was barely tipped. It I've was seen tipped. the video. It was tipped. And, and, and to be hit. clear, not only did it not go in, and I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows what happened. Yeah, but, but it we, was it, it's worth repeating because it's incredible. Yes. It hit the left upright. By the way, this is the sixth time Cody Parkey's hit an upright this season, which has got to be a record. Yeah. And then it, it hit the upright at such a weird angle that it came down and hit the crossbar and then fell forward instead of falling back which is just the spin of the ball at that yeah. point, right? The part of the ball that hits the crossbar is going to determine probably which way it goes. I mean, it's insane. It's insane how close that was. Yeah. So the fingertip had to happen. It all had to be just right. I mean, it's it's as close to a win as you can get without getting the win, basically. Right. Yeah, I mean... So that's got to hurt. So as a Bears fan, that hurt a lot, specifically because of the recent history of the Bears being so brutal yeah and you know that hurts no matter what team even if you're a patriots fan and that happens to the patriots it hurts i think it probably hurts more as a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in eight years oh i'm sure it does yeah i'm sure uh, it does and uh I, the the thing is there's room for optimism obviously it's a very young team 
new coach, bright future. I, you know, it's good, right? They're the clear favorite next year in the division. Yeah. The and clear favorite. Trubisky's going to grow. Nagy has only had one year as a head coach. He's obviously good at it. He's, he made a big mistake that I'll talk about in a second. But in general, he's been a very good coach. Yeah. The defense is young and awesome. Best defense in the league. Uh, there's a lot of room for growth. And so I'm optimistic for the future, more so than I ever have been as a Bears fan because I was born in 86. That Khalil Mack trade's really looking good. Yeah, I mean, he's 27. So we got a lot of good years left with him. Gave up two first-rounders, but who cares? That guy made your team great right away. The secondary is great uh, with Kyle Fuller and Adrian Amos being the best players, but there's a bunch of great secondary players. Roquan Smith is really working out as the fifth overall pick this year as a great, great middle linebacker. Leonard Floyd, another great pass rusher. Akeem Hicks has been a great defensive tackle. It's They're all relatively young. It's going to be a good future for the Bears, so that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, you might as well tell yourself that. Do you what, think I'm wrong? Um, I think you're probably a little too optimistic, but I think they have a great future ahead of them. Too. I, think they, I think they have a very good future. Let me say that. I'm not sold on Trubisky actually being the solution. We're going to find out. I, I'm not sold yet either, but he's... That's a, a big deal with he's all a more, He's a more exciting prospect than Jay Cutler was as, like, the future quarterback of the franchise. I mean, not when they traded for him. When they traded for Cutler, Cutler had been awesome in Denver and for three years straight, and it was... I never like, I never believed in Cutler. I don't remember exactly why. Oh. Um, never he, he was really good in Denver, and it looked like they just got themselves one of the, like a top-six quarterback in the league kind of a thing, and then he was... Never really that player again, and I don't know what that was about exactly. It was weird. Um, and then he was the Jay Cutler we know and love yeah. ever since, which is like kind of a shitty player who sucks. A lot. <laughs> kind of a <laughs> shitty, <laughs> shitty person everybody yeah. hates. Yeah. Um, I think Trubisky is a nice player. It's the kind of thing, though, like he has to keep improving. He's got a lot of room to do it. He's young. There's a lot of time. But um, what he what he delivered this year was good enough to be 12-4, and four, but that was really on the backs of the defense. Of course. And uh, and so if he improves, he doesn't have to be a great quarterback, but he has to be a good quarterback. He has to be like a top 10, I think, not fantasy quarterback, but actual quarterback. Like he could be the 10th best quarterback. He can be like what Phillip Rivers is most years. Yeah. That's more than enough for this team to win Super Bowls. I, think. I agree. But if he's what he was this year, I don't think this team, this team's going to have to get really lucky to win a Super Bowl in that scenario. You know, because there's yeah. usually a team which is going to be way better than that. And if not two or three. Right. Um, and so and it's just so hard when you can't count on your quarterback to give you points when everything goes wrong. Yeah. You know, and like all the other good teams pretty much have that. Even the Eagles have that Nick Foles, honestly, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so and maybe Trubisky will grow into that. He really might. He was the number two overall pick. It's only been two years. He is also I don't know if he's ahead of schedule, but he's at least on schedule. Yeah, right he's on now. schedule. So I'm not worried about him, but I just. It, like, you know, it's Pat Mahomes' second year, too, and that kid is so far ahead of schedule, of course. More ahead of schedule than anybody in history. Possibly. Um, Definitely. Well, you're saying quarterbacks, yeah, though, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you said anybody. Um, I was like, I would argue Mozart was I, okay, more, I mean, further ahead of I schedule. I mean quarterbacks. Yeah, not just football players, even. Um, so Trubisky, like, you know, like Mahomes has, like, got the whole Chiefs franchise, like, set up to win for the next 12 years or something like that. Trubisky clearly doesn't have that yet, right? Yeah. It's possible in three years, the Bears are going to move on from Trubisky still. We don't know. We don't know. But it's also possible he'll be an all-pro quarterback. Yeah. So, or maybe at least Pro Bowl quarterback. That well, is my hope. So it, he's he's a great runner. He's got an arm. He did throw six touchdown passes in a game this year, which is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where he's going. I'm, I'm curious to see like yep. what ends up happening with him. Yeah. Well, more optimism than I've, bright. than I've had in a long time in sure. Chicago. I want to talk about the, the one bad thing Nagy did. I'm not sure if it was Nagy or Trubisky. Maybe Nagy was trying to not have it happen, but... yeah. It seems like it was probably Nagy, where 
Yeah. The Bears had that play to Anthony Miller to get within field goal range. And then they had a run with Jordan Howard to get it a little closer. And then there were 20 seconds left on the clock, and they could have just run the clock down and kicked the field goal. But they spiked it with 15 seconds left. Yeah, it was super weird. I didn't understand that at all. That was a huge mistake. My guess is, I don't really know. My guess is Nagy. Well, they can talk right into Trubisky's helmet, though. Yeah. So it should be very straightforward. Yeah. So someone on the Bears sideline screwed up almost certainly. They're like saying, clock it, clock yeah. it. And he just clocked it. Maybe they said, wait till five seconds and clock it. He heard her clock it and just went. Yeah. But they could see he's doing that and like, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can't. Um, I don't know. Nagy, Nagy also sort of didn't take a timeout when I thought he was going to. Um, on defense? Yeah, on defense. When, it, when Philly was either going to score or the game was going to be over anyway if they didn't. Um, Philly had like actually used a run on first down when they were like at the six-yard yeah. line. And, uh, and I was thinking, like, well, if Philly scores, you're going to need the time. If Philly doesn't score, they don't, they're out of timeouts. It doesn't matter. You're going to kneel down. So you should use this timeout right now and preserve that. And so the full 40 seconds went off the clock. And that 40 seconds would have been really helpful at the end of this game. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they would have won the game, but they would have had many opportunities to get closer than they did. And I don't, I don't know if that's really a mistake even. But at the time, I said to you, like, isn't he supposed to take a timeout here? It felt, like, very clear to me. Mm-hmm. And even Collinsworth said something about yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know that that seemed like a time a clock management mistake as well. Um, it's possible, you know, he had his own reason for it, which would make sense if we're ready to explain it. Okay, well, Philly is back in the whole thing happening again with Nick Foles. It's the greatest story of them all. So we're, it would be three kind games of away. It would be amazing if Philly won with Nick Foles again, two Super Bowls in a row yeah. with their ba- same backup quarterback. It would be the greatest. It would be absurd. It would be, I mean, honestly, I think it would supersede all other NFL stories of all time. Like, I, literally, I think it's is, the greatest NFL story that ever. That is now what I'm rooting for now that Chicago's out. I'm rooting for that almost as much. I'm rooting for a Patriots Super Bowl first, but Philly Super Bowl second. And if they play each other, I obviously want the Patriots to win, but I will not feel that bad if Philly wins, I think, because the story is so unbelievable. It's yeah. going to be so extraordinary. That's like the one loss I could think I could be really cool with. And even last year, like it was a great game and I really wasn't that upset about the Pats losing. And part of it was because, you know, Philly was awesome, played well. It was an incredible story. The game was great. And, but Foles did it somehow. Like, how could that be? Like, it was amazing. So, you know, I was down with that. It was pretty cool. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for it. And then I'm rooting to see what, and then I got to see what Philly does. Do they keep Foles or not? Don't you, you have to trade Wentz, right? If you win a second to rule with Foles, you just have to trade Wentz, I, guess, I think. I guess so, yeah. I think, I don't even know. It's a weird it's a weird situation. It's very it's very cool and I really want to see how it plays out. All right, let's preview next week's games. Okay. But let's not get into the lines cuz we'll have our best bets later. Sure. So let's just talk about the games. Um so the first game Indy is going to Kansas City. Yeah. This is a a tale of two cities. A, a team what, what do you a mean? team that was hot all year and a team that started started terrible and then got hot. That's what I mean. Well said. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. what what's your take on this game? Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to crush them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think Indy, I know they've won 10 of 11. I know Luck's playing well. I know Frank Reich is apparently smart and good at a lot of things. Indy's got a lot of things going for it. I think the Chiefs are just in a completely different league, and they're going to show it. They've had a week off. Actually, so they, they've had sort of a bye, the bye, in fact. Um, Mahomes is maybe the, probably the best player in the league, the MVP for sure. I don't, I mean, I'm super super believing in the chiefs in this game. Yeah. I don't know if there's much else to say. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Chiefs are going to win. I, I will really be surprised. So. I'll be surprised if they don't. And it yeah. would be kind of a great story if they don't. It would be amazing. And I would, you know, be humming a really different tune on this show next week about the Colts and Frank Reich. Even yeah, I'm gonna have to. I would do a full mea culpa if they beat the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, like I will. I I will do that. I will completely, you know, castrate myself and send <laughs> send the bits to Mr. Reich and you're his gonna, family. You're gonna, you're gonna send Frank Reich your your videotaped confession that you had been. Unworthy of of his level of football thought all year, with your constant degradation of it, and but <laughs> because you hate him so much, you'll have to put it in a dog bag full of poop with the tape, though. Because no, I'm not gonna. No, I'm gonna put it in my balls and my and my shaft, and I'm gonna <laughs> and little pieces. I'm gonna send it to his family, and they can do whatever they want with it. That sounds like something that you would go to jail for. <laughs> 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 well, hopefully they lose this week. Then <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, next game. Because <laughs> that game, we both think Kansas City is going to crush. I mean, come on. Dallas is traveling to L.A. to play the Rams. Yeah. It feels like the same story to me. Crush number two. The Rams are going to destroy Dallas. Dallas is way out of their league. I agree. I mean, come on. Dallas is Dallas is like, by default, happened to win to the, the division this year. Because Philly struggled for most of the season for whatever weird reason. Uh, the Giants suck. And Washington, Alex Smith got hurt in Washington. Yeah. If Alex Smith didn't get hurt, I think the Washington played, would have played last weekend instead of Dallas. Yeah. They would have won the division. But it went the way it went. Fair enough. So Jason Garrett gets to keep his job another year. Congratulations, Dallas. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm going to tell you right now. I fully expect Dallas to not do well at all against the Rams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, I know you said we're not going to talk about the Lions. They're seven, the Rams are seven-point favorites. That sounds reasonable to yep. me as, as a line. I agree. All right. Here's a game that I think is the most up in the air. The Chargers traveled to New England. Mm, yeah. I think the Chargers could actually pull this off. Me too. Uh, so this is an interesting game. It's going to come down to, I think, the quarterbacks, as football often does. But, like, Brady's been a lesser version of himself this year. Yep. If he can pull out, you know, classic playoff Brady, I think New England is going to pass with flying colors and Chargers don't have a chance. But if he's, as he's been this year and Rivers plays well and the Chargers get a couple breaks, I think they could really win this game. I mean, I think a lot of it is going to come down to Rob Gronkowski. You know, he's, yeah, he's had, he gets an extra week off. Um, He's had a terrible year. Horrible. He's slow. He's beat up. He's beat down. Can he give it like 60 full minutes? It doesn't have to be 60 full. Can you give him like 25 plays where he's able to go, you know, at 90% of what he was doing last year, even like in terms of like speed and and power and all that. If he can do that, he's going to have a good game. He'll get seven catches. He's going to score a touchdown. He's going to get like, you know, seven catches for like 77 yards and a touchdown. And he'll be such a matchup problem that Brady will have it easy. If that isn't the case, the Pats are going to lean on the run much more in Sony Michelle um, and James White. It will be dumping down to James White a lot, I would guess, out of the yeah. backfield. And it's going to be much more of a tight, tough game, I think. And I absolutely agree the Chargers could easily win. The Chargers are really good. Yeah. Um, the Pats, I think, I even me as a Pats fan, I think it's easy to like not think that much of the Patriots this year. But just to be clear, they scored the third most points in the league. Even with yeah. Brady having it down, your Gronk not existing, them not having any wide receivers basically at all on the team. Edelman missed the first four weeks of the season. They still scored the third most points in the league. Yeah. So just to remember, like, 
they're really good offensively and their defense is at least reasonable. So sure. The chargers have a good offense though, and a great defense and lots of stars and the Patriots should be a favorite, but it feels like, you know, I'd I'd be nervous if I were you. I am. No, I I absolutely am mentally prepared for the chargers to like absolutely win this game. And maybe even win it somewhat comfortably, like be up 10, most of the game or 14, most of the game, something like that, where they just get a little lucky early, you know, get a pick six or pick up a fumble and run it in. Cause Joey Bosa makes a great sack or something. And Philip Rivers is just sort of really good, and yeah. you just can't beat him. And you know you lose like twenty-seven, seventeen, and you were never really in the game, kind of a thing. Yeah, I'm. I think that's not impossible. Yeah, a little side story for me with the Chargers this year has been the emergence of Mike Williams. I feel yeah. like he's actually becoming a, a legitimate receiving threat along with Keenan Allen. I can see Mike Williams even by middle of next year being kind of like uh, peak Vincent Jackson. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of the type of player he huh. is. And I think he's really a threat in a lot of ways. And so I'm interested to watch him play because he had a really great game against Baltimore, too. Yep, he did. Uh, Phil Rivers getting older, but staying great. You know, he's been really good for his whole career. His numbers are really, uh, I think they're even better than Ben Roethlisberger's, like from a career point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, Ben, Definitely the last five fewer years interceptions, been. right? What'd you say? Definitely fewer interceptions. Yeah, right? but, I th- but I think overall, like uh, his numbers are actually better. Um, Ben's been better the last five years because his offense has been incredible. So it's a little it's a little weird to judge because re- the more recent stuff is yeah. Ben's been better. But um, Philip Rivers had a great year this year and has been just solid and good forever. I think eventually, I mean, he's running out of time to make a Super Bowl, but like he deserves to make a Super Bowl at some point. I mean, I know deserve doesn't have anything to do with it, but like his career is good enough. Guys with his career make Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, they just do. And it, He's been unlucky, I guess, to be with the Patriots every year, so that the way is sort of blocked. They've gone to the Super Bowl eight times, you know, during his career. It's or not, I guess, not during his career because they they went a few times before yeah. he joined the league. But they've been they've blocked his way a lot. Um, but also, the Chargers just have been a little disappointing too. They haven't been great. They've only right. been really good. This is their first year they've got a chance to be great, even though they're they're a wild card. Well, it's team. possible that they had never found their coaching solution until Anthony just Lynn. now. Yeah, yeah, with Anthony Lynn, it's his second year and. Appears to be a good coach. So seemingly so. Yeah, he might be the might be the coach of the year. Yeah. Frank Reich is probably gonna get that. Maybe Frank Reich will get it. Yeah. And you will barf right away. I mean, if they win this weekend, he'll be barfing because he'll be opening up that package and be like, what is this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> On to Philly going to New Orleans. Yeah. The biggest underdog, Philadelphia. Yep. I like New Orleans. I like Drew Brees. I yeah. like the way they run their offense, but I'm rooting for Philly because of the whole story. You have to root for Philly. Sure. I think New Orleans is probably going to destroy them because New Orleans has huge home field advantage. Like they, they do so well at home. And when Drew Brees is in a dome, he's unstoppable. Their offense is on skates. What can you do (laughs) on skates? Huh? Yeah. All right. Sure. Why not? Yeah. So do you, do you have any other take than the New Orleans might is likely to crush them? I actually don't think New Orleans is going to crush them. Really? Yeah. That is not my thought at all. Um, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Okay. Um, most of the players in the Saints have never played in a big playoff game. Okay. Um, Drew Brees has, of course. He's yeah. played in multiple ones. But um, most of the players have not. The Eagles were here last year. They were all there pretty much. That's right? true. Um, I think that does make a difference. Uh, I mean, the Saints have got to be favored. It's very reasonable that they're favored and favored by a fair amount. But you know that Nick Foles Philly magic, man. Huh. They've won. They've they haven't lost since Foles came back, right? 
I think that might be correct. And yeah. they needed to win every game, and they've won them all. Some have been super tight, but they like he makes every play you need him to make every time. It's he it's threw sort some of crazy. really bad picks against the Bears. Um, I think he threw one bad pick against the Bears, and the other one was uh, tipped like off the guy's hands. Okay, and stuff. well, the one was like very yeah. bad in the end zone. Yeah, but he made that play. You know, that fourth quarter stuff was pretty good. You know, when all when the game was entirely on the line, Foles was pretty damn good. Yeah, that's true. Like. If you're Philadelphia, you can trust him in those spots, which is a big deal. That's what the Bears don't have, right? Right. And that's what a lot of teams don't have, of course. But like that's what you, that's one of the things you most want in a quarterback is all right, we're down six. There's a minute and a half to go. We got the ball in our twenty. How confident are we here? And this, is this guy the guy who can score most of the time? And Foles seems to be the answer is yes, at least with Philly this year and last year. That's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a cool story. I'll be rooting for Philly, but I do think the Saints are gonna roll. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna roll. But they're probably going to win. But, I mean, man, I'm with Philly till you know, I'm ride or dying with Philly, man. Philly forever. Okay. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Hell yeah. All right, let's talk about Antonio Brown for a second. Okay, great. The drama surrounding Antonio Brown. Apparently, the Steelers stars are all just drama in the making. Le'Veon drama all year, and now Antonio apparently hates Ben Roethlisberger. It's been, a, it's been a thing boiling for a while, I suppose. Well, here's what happened. So this was reported by, uh, who is this, Jones? Uh, which Jones is? James Jones. Okay, former Packers receiver James Jones. Said this on the uh, NFL Network. So he said there was a practice, and uh, Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. Big Bren threw the ball on the ground and said, quote, get him out of here, get somebody else out here, end quote. And Antonio Brown, that was his boiling point, and we know when he, we get mad, we say things we don't want to say. This is what James Jones said. So just to be clear, Antonio Brand round, ran the wrong route. Ben, like, yelled basically at him and said, get, yeah. a, get a guy who can run the route correctly, you know. And that was the end of, like, that's, that's the big rift. I mean, There better be a whole lot more than of that. Of course there's more than that. <laughs> Something's been happening for a yeah. while. Yeah. Apparently, um, I had heard that Antonio Brown basically, since he signed his deal, has been like, Absolutely insufferable to really? be around. Yeah, so it's been years of him just being totally a dick to everybody. Still performing in games, though. Oh, playing like a superstar, so he gets to get away with that, yeah. right? You kind of got to just deal with it because he is... I mean, up until this season, I think we were we would all agree he was the best receiver in football, right? Yeah. Um, and even now, he was really, really, really good. Yeah. A massive threat. So, yeah, it's sort of nuts that this has like, happened so quickly. He didn't even play in the last game of the season, and Pittsburgh needed to win that game. Right, so he's now requested a trade. Yes, and it looks at first it looked like they were going to deal him because trading him cost them $21.5 million of dead money. Eek. But apparently they are going to trade him anyway, and they're looking to redo Roethlisberger's deal to make it happen so they can get him the hell out of there. That's how much they hate him, or they wow. don't believe he's going to like, you know, want to be there and like maybe even sabotage the season. They don't want to deal with that again, maybe because they already did it once yeah, with, with Le'Veon. Le'Veon. Yeah. Um, I'm really surprised. I thought they were just going to keep him and deal with it. And that seems like the right move to me. Roethlisberger is getting older. Like, I don't know how many more chances you're going to have. You got him and Juju together and James Conner to your offense is going to be awesome. Yeah. Like it was like, it's going to, it's just going to keep being awesome. What can you get for Antonio Brown? Like you're going to be trading him at a discount. You're going to get some shitty return. You're you know? not going to get a valuable return. You just can't, right? You're like so, a second-round pick or something. I don't even know if you're going to get that. You're gonna get like a third-round pick and, a, and an okay player. Yeah. That's like what well, they got. What the Eagles got for LaShawn McCoy. 
like a pretty good a pretty good linebacker, Kiko Alonso, and and like a, a pick of some sort that isn't great. That's it. That isn't enough that like you'd rather have Antonio Brown, you know, who wants to be. There. I'm willing to uh, roll the dice on him as a Bears fan. Let's bring him on over. Yeah, I think you should be. I yeah. think all the teams that maybe could use. I mean, is there any team that wouldn't that would have a problem bringing Antonio? Brown? everyone should want Antonio Brown, right? Uh, maybe teams that are really good and have young young receivers and don't want to mess with the locker room dynamic, like the Rams and the Saints type teams. Maybe, but maybe you're right. Imagine Antonio Brown on the other side with Michael Thomas, too, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but it might just cause so many problems. It might. It might. Same thing with the Chiefs. It might cause problems. I can see the Chiefs saying we have no need. We don't. What, uh, how many more touchdowns are we going to score? Yeah. Like, we already score more touchdowns than everyone else by a mile. Like, it's fine. We don't need to score more points. Right. But most teams, like, how about Antonio Brown in Cleveland? Baker Mayfield would love that guy. Yeah, of course. I mean, except he might hate that guy, yeah. of course. But he'd love having a guy who gets that open. The Patriots. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to trade him to Cleveland or the Patriots. Those are probably the two least likely teams they trade him probably. to. Probably. But, <laughs> but having said that, like, it's hard to come up with teams that couldn't find a place for him to be their number one guy. Right. There's very few teams. He's really good. He's still so good. And he's been, like, the best receiver in football for five years. Yeah. And uh, is still awesome. Yeah. And him having a down year means he was like, you know, the seventh best receiver in football. He, had, he still had like 100 catches and uh, yeah. 1,300 uh, yards uh, and 15 touchdowns. Right. He, like he's still one of the best receivers in fantasy, one of the best receivers in football. He's not too old yet. He looks good. He was, he was banged up a bit this year too, which is like sort of cost him in, in terms of numbers yeah. a bit. Um, he didn't play every game. He's a, he's a great player. And, I don't know if he's just now going to be so difficult to work with that it's not worth doing, but the Steelers got handled it for the last several years. So trade him somewhere else, and then maybe they'll get, you know, they can live there for two years and sort of have to deal he's with it. He's also that. getting on the older side. He's like 31 or 32 right now. Okay, but he was still really good. He was. So I think you just got to deal with it all. Say whatever. I don't care how old you are. Got to have it. <laughs> okay. Um, but the Steelers, yeah, the Steelers are really not going to get enough for him, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt their team. It is. All right. Sort of sucks. That's a good segue for fantasy check-in. Yeah. It's time for... Now, over the offseason, I assume we're going to do a couple times where we do, like, things are going to change over the offseason, obviously, and we'll talk about, like, our top position players, like, who are the best running backs, receivers, tight ends, et cetera. But right now, we're just going to do, like, a first round, what we think the first round looks like yeah. from the current lens that we know right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to differ a little bit in some places, but we're probably going to be pretty similar in a lot of places. I would think so. I mean, it's the first round. It, it wouldn't be shocking if we mo- if we have... I mean, I, I wrote down 12 names. Yep. I have an order. Me it's too. a little bit tenuous, some of these guys. Of course. So it's hard to know exactly where you're supposed to slot them. Some of them are more... Cl- I, I feel like there's a few clear tiers, though. There's, like, the first tier, the second tier, and the third tier for me. Where, like, I don't know where guys go, but I know, like... For me, there's three guys in the first tier, and no one else can really be in the first tier. And then there's another five guys in the second tier, and they feel really clearly in that second tier ahead of the next group to me. Hmm. I didn't do tiers. Let's just go in order. Let's the do it. Players that you got. All right. All right. Number one, easy. It's Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, no, no question. Yep. Number two is where we might start to differ. I'm not sure, but I think we'll have the same. I mean, to me, there's two guys who you could decide. And me too. I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott. Me too. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I think Saquon is a completely reasonable guy, though. Right. So is that, is that your other guy? Yeah. To okay. give context, Gurley was RB1 this year. Yep. Zeke was RB5 this year, but mm. that doesn't mean he's not no, worth the second pick. Saquon is my third pick. Yeah, me too. He so was, far, we're the same. He was RB2 this year. 
Yeah. Wow. He was RB2 this year. That's yeah. amazing. The problem with Saquon is that I don't know who's going to be his quarterback next year. It's unlikely to be a really good player. If it's Eli, he's going to be declining even more. If it's a rookie, he's going to suck most of the year. It's going to be harder for Saquon. Yeah. Not easier but most, most like of the time. he was on a good offense this year. No, it's true. No, that that's the reason. He's still number three overall, even with a terrible quarterback yeah. situation, right? Um, but there's some uncertainty there that isn't true for Zeke, where Dak Prescott may not be great, but he's at least reasonable. Right. Right? And we see with Dak Prescott what Ezekiel Elliott's delivered for the last several years now. I feel really comfortable with him at two. I, I think he's, from a safety point of view, you just have to put him ahead of Saquon. But I'll admit, it, you can't go wrong taking Saquon two either. I think that's, to me, my, my first tier. Those top three guys are clearly better than the next group. I think the, my number four guy could be in that tier, but I'm not sure. All right. I think I know who your number four guy is, but it's between one or two guys. Yeah. It's, it's either McCaffrey or Camara. Right? right. It's McCaffrey. I got McCaffrey okay. at four. I have Camara at four, but it's totally reasonable, of course. So I think McCaffrey you have Camara at four, assuming Ingram's not going to be there. That's exactly what I'm assuming. I'm okay. believing that there'll be some other running back there, but he'll he'll be less of a um a sunk cost for the Saints, so they won't feel obligated to give him as so many carries. And I think it'll mean that Kamara's going to get a few more touches each game. Not a lot more, but maybe like three more touches a game, which will ultimately really be worth something. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm taking Kamara ahead of McCaffrey. I'm also a little worried about McCaffrey, just the amount of punishment that he takes. I'm having the opposite reaction, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, in that even if, if I was guaranteed that Ingram wasn't there, I might take Kamara over McCaffrey. I think that's actually a, a flip. Like, it's a toss-up between the two okay. if Ingram's not there. I'm putting McCaffrey because he's proven now that he can take that workload. Hmm. Kamara has not yet proven that. Oh, that's fair. That's a, that's a reasonable point. I just feel like McCaffrey's so small. I just right. worry about him. I, I'm, I worry about... Well, Kamara's not that big either. And I worry about him being a very, very, very good version of Dolphins Lamar Miller, where back in the day he was putting up these incredible numbers on not many touches, and everybody was just like, give him more touches. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And... That didn't seem to work out I mean, at all. I will give you this. McCaffrey was a beast for the last six, seven weeks of the season. Uh, I mean, absolutely extraordinary. And he could end up being RB1 or, you know, next year when all is said and done. But I think I like him at five. Liking him at four is completely reasonable, too. Like I said, he's in my second tier. I think it's reasonable to take. I got three more guys after these two who I think are also reasonable to take. Ahead of them. I think it's all really close. I'm, I got these guys pretty oh, close bunched together. For me, the top five are locked in. Like, I think those oh, yeah. five running backs have to be the top five. If you're drafting right now, I think they just have to be. I think McCaffrey, I, you know, that, that's pretty reasonable. I think part of it depends on what your your philosophy is, too. Like, if you're if you're going to take a – if you some people are going to want to take wide receivers instead of running backs. And I think DeAndre and Julio are both reasonable guys you could start thinking about as early as four. But I, you can never take them ahead of uh, – like in the top three. I agree. I, th- I think you can never take them ahead of five, because especially if Ingram's gone. Like, how can you not take McCaffrey and Kamara over those I mean, I, I would – I have those guys ahead yeah. of them. But I think – it's, but I think they're pr- all pretty close to each other, is what right. I'm saying. And then the other guy I have in that same tier is, is James Conner. Okay. Um, that's We're going to differ a little bit on cool. a couple people. But so, so, by the way, just to give a sense of things, I have this all written down. McCaffrey was RB3 this year. Yeah. And Camaro was RB4. Right. All right. So who's your number six? Um, let me see. So I, here's what I have so far. Gurley, Zeke, Saquon, Camara, McCaffrey. Then I have Connor after McCaffrey. Okay. I do not have Connor. Where do you have? All right. Connor was RB6, by the way, for yep. context. Um, well, let's just talk about who's our six and then we'll, or do you want me to say where I have Connor? Well, Connor's my six. He's my 11. Okay. No, sorry. 10. He's my 10. So 
just to check in with this. So Connor missed some time also, you know, and he still was RB6. Yeah, I know. I, d- I don't think it's repeatable for him. I Why think not? I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be that good. He doesn't have the pedigree of these other guys. He doesn't have the proof of these other guys. I mean, he just had a whole season. What, what more do you need? Seriously. Like, I don't know. What, what do you see as, what, when you say pedigree, what do you mean? Like, he's got a better pedigree than Alvin Kamara by a lot, doesn't he? He doesn't pass the eye test for me as part of it huh. when I watch. I, I'm just like, okay, he's pretty good, but you can plug a lot of guys there, and they would do the same thing. Oh, that's possible. And I don't feel that way when I watch the five guys we talked about. But we're not actually arguing about ability, right? We're arguing about fantasy no, I production. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I, which it just means that there's more likely to be statistical regression for him. Hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I don't, I don't agree with you. Um, the Steelers running back has always been like for decades. It feels like it's not really, it's at least since Le'Veon got there and before as well, actually, now I think about it has always been like a top guy like yeah. for the, their system. And I think a lot of this revolves around big Ben and the great wide receivers they've had, but their system just works for like putting up massive production. And we've seen it year after year with Le'Veon and James Conner. There was essentially zero drop off. If anything, he was more productive than Le'Veon. Um, Somehow. And uh, so I don't know. I don't see him dropping off personally. I agree. He didn't look spectacular the way like Saquon does. Yeah. He doesn't look anything like that. Camaro looks better. All the other guys ahead of him look better. But he gets it done and he's in the perfect system for a running back to do great. I agree. I think he's worth a 10th pick. And I think like it's close. But like I don't think it's crazy to take any of the four guys I have uh, Mm -hmm. ahead of him. Ahead of him. I have Julio at six. Yeah, I have Julio at seven, so fair enough. Yeah, and I, I have mean, DeAndre right behind uh, Julio. Yeah, I have Julio six, DeAndre seven. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because I figure, like, yeah, DeAndre had... De- DeAndre, for reference, was WR2, Julio was WR5. But Julio, like, he's just going to have a big touchdown year along with all the other stats that he has sometime, right? And it's just going to be WR1 by a mile. He's going to be a monster. Yeah, I think that could happen, and that could happen as early as next year. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like we're all set up for it to be next year, right? especially with the Antonio Brown seemingly regressing and possible, probably not on the Steelers next year. Um, DeAndre um, was great, mm-hmm. uh, but even at, in his great... I guess if um, Deshaun Watson takes a huge step forward, like we saw him do yeah. last year for four weeks... Um, DeAndre will just be WR1, and it'll be, that'll be that. Maybe, but. maybe. But for me, if Julio gets just the right situations and he gets those touchdowns, he's the total package. DeAndre yeah. is not. DeAndre is incredibly good. He has the best hands in the NFL, I yeah, believe. for sure. But he is nothing after the catch. He is garbage after the catch. <laughs> I mean, Julio is possibly the best athlete at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and he league, is amazing right? after the catch. Whereas DeAndre yeah. runs with the ball like a loaf of bread and often just falls over after the yeah, catch. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't not. want to get hit. Yeah. It's it's very different as far as like yardage and fantasy production yep. potential. No question. Yeah. So that's why I got Julio over DeAndre. Yep. So I have you, Julio over DeAndre as well. So you have Connor at six. I Julio go Connor, at seven. Julio, DeAndre. That's my six, seven, eight. So okay. you have six, seven. Who's your eight? Melvin Gordon. Sure. I got him in my top twelve. I got him in my first round, but he's further down. Okay, where do you have him? I have Gordon at eleven. Okay. Now, despite missing time, more time than Connor missed, Gordon was RB seven. So he he seemed like just really good to me every time I watched him play. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chargers offense is going to continue to be good as well. I think he's just a better player than Connor. Um, he's probably a better player than Connor. He's gotten hurt sort of every year he's played. Uh, I'm a little concerned about statistical regression from Rivers, which I think then hurts Gordon as well. Mm. He's also got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson on that team. And Eckler was really good. And it's sure. possible they're going to look to protect Gordon a little bit more. 
uh, next year and like change the share a little bit, maybe just just to protect him because he always gets hurt, you know. So like, let's give him less carries so that way we can have him be fresh for the playoffs and stuff like that. So all of that put together means he's still a first rounder for sure. But the, yeah, there's just a bunch of guys I like better than him. He's in my third tier, not my second tier. By the way, we're talking about half PPR right now when we're talking about this. Okay, yeah, that's good to say. Yeah, because my number nine guy, who who's your? You said your eight already. Yeah, my eight was DeAndre. All right, because your Connor eight and your eight was Gordon. Yeah. Right? My number nine guy would be higher if it were full PPR. Oh, really? It's Michael Thomas. Oh, wow. Okay. Who was WR6 this year, had 125 catches. Yep. And was just great all year and is Drew Brees' number one target. Why do you have him as high as you do? As compared to what? Well, he was WR6 in sort of a a perfect storm situation. How is it going to get better than that in your mind? He's still very young. That was his second year. Okay, so you think he's going to grow? I think he's going to grow. Okay. I think he's going to grow. I also think I would be fine with the production he had at nine overall from last year. I mean, that's fine, but like, I know, it's fine. He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. I guess I, there's guys I like way better than him. I don't have him in my first round. Michael Thomas had, what, 125 receptions, yeah. 10 touchdowns, and something like 1,450 something yards? Something like that, yeah. I mean, he was really, really good. Yeah. He was a top wide receiver for sure. And, it, and there's like that whole first group, and he's in that first group. Yeah, which is why you know it's like I have him going like you know if I haven't done this part of it, but he's probably like around fourteen or fifteen for me. Oh know, wow, so. you're 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 way lower on him than I am. I mean, he's not my first round for yeah. sure. Like I didn't even consider him. I mean, that's not true. I'm sorry. I thought about him and I thought nope, and wrote down other names. Okay. Yeah. To me, there's like I'm glad there's we- guys I crossed out who are not on my list. There's three guys and none of them name. Actually, four guys. There's four guys I'm looking at who I considered. To the point where I wrote him down in this group and then crossed them out, and none of them are him. So okay. I got a bunch of guys ahead of him, even so. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I'm glad, so, we, I'm glad we're differing at it's this point. It's about time. All right, my, so who's your nine? My number nine guy is Nick Chubb. Okay. I have him in my top 12 as well. He's my 12. That's fair. I mean, this is my third tier. So to me, the, all these guys are now pretty close to each other from here on out the rest of the way, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, so, yeah, him being 12 or him being 9 to me is, is all pretty much the same. Although, But I do have him slightly ahead of my other guys. He was just awesome all, every, t- every game he played. Yeah. He was great. He's got a quarterback who is coming on super strong. I expect Cleveland's going to be very good next year, and they're going to have to be terrified of Baker Mayfield, which is just going to make it easier for Nick Chubb. And when it wasn't easy, he was great. Um, you know, he was the last, uh, like, Second half of the season, I think he was like the third best running back in fantasy or something like that. He was just awesome. He so, ended up at RB16 despite not having the start for the first five weeks of the season. He's a guy who I would be so thrilled to have on my team. Like, yeah. He's one of the reasons why, like, getting, like, just early. It's, I know it's early, but, like, if you get the 10th overall pick in a draft, he's such an awesome guy where it's his second year. He's not beat up. He doesn't have a lot of tread off the tire or anything like that. And he's got, like, a great offense to be playing out of. We don't know who their coach is going to be, but I assume they're going to bring in someone who's going to, like, help Baker Mayfield and, you know, make it easier for him, not harder, like, not Hugh Jackson types. Um, So I think he's just such a great guy to have and will be a wonderful, like, a great steal if someone can get him at 12 or something like that. Well, that's where I have him. And I would definitely take him there. Yeah. Me I mean, too. if we're drafting now, obviously. Of course. No, things are things can change. All right, so that's your number nine. Yep. Um, my number 10 is James Conner, as we know. We talked about him already. Right. So who's your number 10? Tyree Kill. Okay, he's my number 11. Oh, there you go. I mean, Tyree Kill, I, I thought maybe I should put him even higher, but I just couldn't do it. He's WR1 this year exactly. by, by a significant margin. 
And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to put up similar numbers next year. He's just, I think his play is high variance. It's, it's hard to, to predict that he will be that good. You know, I don't think Mahomes is going to throw 50 touchdowns next year. I'll say that. But I think Mahomes is going to throw more than 40, personally. I'll Maybe take under 40 if you want to bet that. I think, okay, with an injury, as long as we have an injury thing, yeah. I'll bet that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good. $20. Okay. Um, so if Mahomes is healthy, 40 is the push. Yeah. Done. Okay. So, yeah. So Ty- we're very close on Tyreek Hill, obviously. You have him 10. I have him 11. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, he did have some breakaway plays, but you said he was number one by a wide margin. Based on this, he's, to me, WR3 anyway. I don't need him to be number one. So I got. So I have some room for statistical regression anyway. Mahomes may not throw 50 touchdown passes next year. He might throw 60. Like, we don't he know might. where he's going. He might throw 60. It's possible they're going to ramp up the offense. Like, Mahomes may be better. He if- may not be. He may regress. But... We don't even know, like we're say, like we normally say, regress to the mean. There's nothing for regress. There is no mean right if now. If you're predicting Mahomes to throw over 40 touchdowns, should he be in your first round? I considered it very strongly. I didn't put him in, but I really thought hard about it. And I'm not sure what the answer is, except you probably shouldn't take a quarterback on the first round. Well, that's the obvious logic. So I but, decided not to but do it. it. You know, there was that year that Matthew Barry said take Michael Vick number right. one overall, which was obviously absurd. And you would never take Mahomes number one overall. But if you really think he is you're betting on him throwing more than 40 touchdowns. I think you can throw a first round pick on that. I guy. don't think so. I don't think 40 is enough. I, you need him to have a, a year like this for him to be worth a first rounder or okay. maybe not this good, but almost this good. So now we're talking like 48 touchdowns, 47 touchdowns, not 40, not barely hitting 40. And sometimes not like you got to feel great about it. Like the only times quarterbacks are really worth the first round pick is when they have those generational type seasons, like Brady, when he threw 50 Peyton when he threw 55 Mahomes this year, where they really are absolutely worth the first round. Pick. Yeah. Mahomes is going in the first round in almost any draft people are going to be in next year. Right. Someone's going to take him. I agree. I don't think you should I'm not be that gonna, guy. I'm not going to have Mahomes in any league next yeah, year. I'm I pretty think sure. Th- I didn't have many in any league this year. I can't imagine I'm going to have him in any draft league next year. Um, unless, you know, I don't know. Some leagues I'm in, people are very quarterback shy, and maybe I can get him, like, at the end of the second round, and I probably will pull the trigger on that a lot of the time, depending on who else is there. All right, so we know that uh, Tyreek is your 10, my 11. Yeah. So who's your 11? Oh, my 11 is Melvin Gordon. Okay. And then who's your 12? Because mine's Nick Chubb. My 12 is Juju Smith-Schuster. That was... Okay, I have an honorable mention list. Nice! And that is a... I like that. I like. I was actually debating between him and Nick Chubb for 12. That's... Yeah, I mean... I'm assuming... If Antonio Brown isn't on that team, Juju was... What was... He, he, was, he was WR9. WR he was WR9 this year. Yeah. Right. So... If he's the number one guy... Yeah, he could end up being WR1. Who knows? He absolutely could be. He might just take over that spot. He's got the talent to do it. So I just felt like I had to put him... I I couldn't leave him off the list. So I had to leave some other guys off the list, which was a little painful. There's like four guys who are like, geez. Yeah, let's talk about honorable mentions. Okay. So Juju was an honorable mention for me, obviously. Sure. Um, I guess Michael Thomas was an honorable mention for you. I mean, he wasn't. A barely honorable mention. I'm going to say not an honorable mention. He didn't make. I didn't make, even make the list of the guys I crossed out. You've always been down on that guy. It's yep. weird. He's not good enough for me. Why? He's just a Ex- product of the system. Can you system. explain? He's a system guy. So who was doing it in this on the Saints before him? I don't know. Other dudes. Oh, really? <laughs> they were they were putting up those numbers? Um, Jaron Sproles was good on the Saints. <laughs> I think you're kind of weird about Michael Thomas. I am a little weird about Michael Thomas. Why is sure. that? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's because he doesn't seem like he has like massive physical gifts. I think that's probably... Like Julio, you can see it. Now, I, I'll, get, I'll grant DeAndre you... DeAndre doesn't have that either. But DeAndre always leads the league in targets every year. Okay. And I mean, also didn't drop a single Michael ball Michael Thomas this year. got 125 catches. That's a good point. 
So that's, a good point. that's not that kind of negates your targets argument. But no, no. But DeAndre does it every year. This is like Michael Thomas did that this year. Now Michael it's Thomas was good last year. year too. It was his second year. Okay, his rookie year was great too. His rookie year was great. I don't understand. I'm a little down he on was, him. He was a late first round pick in fantasy after his rookie year, <laughs> which was not as good as this year. What the hell is wrong with you? I like other guys better than him. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. I feel like I can defend all my guys who I, who I have ahead of him. All right. So let's talk about honorable mention lists. All right. Because Michael Thomas ain't on mine. That's fine. All right. Mine includes Juju. Good. Who, the, who is a special boy. Um, Antonio Brown. Me too. Who, I thought about putting him in the first at the end of the first round. Me actually. too. But I like without knowing more, it's hard to put him in I the agree. first round. But you just, you just can't do it. What if he goes to Tennessee? Yeah. Like it's not going to work out. What if he goes to Arizona? It's not going to work out. So you just can't do it, even though it was hard not to. I got one that you're going to strongly disagree with as an honorable mention, Let's but find I'm going to defend it to the death. David Johnson. No, I have him on my honorable. Oh, mention. you do. Okay. I do. I no, thought, I no, that seems that. like a very reasonable. No, he was a guy I thought I had in the first round. And then I I thought of other people like Nick Chubb and Melvin Gordon, who I'd forgotten to put in, and Juju. And I was like, all right, I just got to go with these guys instead. Yeah. Here's here's some more guys I have. Okay. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, I didn't have him, but I should have thought of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't put him in the first round without knowing where he is. Right. There's just like a, a lot. Also, he doesn't play for a year. Like he's probably going to be really good, but I'm also not convinced that he isn't a system player to some degree, to some degree. Right. I'm sure he's an NFL caliber running back, but is he as a superstar somewhere else? I don't know. Every single Pittsburgh running back is always great. So I just don't know. And I'm not willing to, to say, oh, cool. You know, you're on the Colts and now you're great again. You know, I don't know if he's going to be that much better than Marlon Mack. I expect he'll be better. But is he going to be that much better? I just don't know. Um, another guy I have is Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, I didn't yeah, even consider him. Mention. I mean, yeah, I guess he had a, he had a pretty good year. He did. What was his? He was like RB something or other. Let me take a look. I'd be surprised if he wasn't in the top ten. Philip Lindsay was RB twelve. Okay. Um, behind Kareem Hunt. So well, he's way not to, go, have to worry Jonathan. about that next year. He's, he's going to be ahead of him. I'm surprised you wouldn't pick like Joe Mixon instead of him. If you're, I thought him. about Mixon. Um, I'm concerned about the Bengals for a few different reasons. They're gonna have a new coaching thing. Andy Dalton. I don't know. I mean, you could make all the same cases actually for Philip Lindsay. Now I think about it. I guess in my mind, Lindsay did this as an undrafted free agent, which is just cool. Maybe the story romances me a little bit. I'll admit. Um, terrible quarterback play, like horrific quarterback play with Case Keenum. Like, a, I mean, the team was bad, and still he made it work. This is like a little bit like Nick Chubb early on anyway. And I don't know, when, when a running back is able to do it when sort of everything's stacked against him, to me that, that makes me think that they're going to – they have opportunities. Like if things start to work at all, like in other places on the team, like if the quarterback – if they get a quarterback who doesn't suck, yeah, that would be great. If they get a, a coach who runs a better offensive scheme, that would be great. Like Vance Joseph is out of there. Then I think there's real opportunity for him. So – I know the Broncos are committed to him. Even though they have, they spent a first-round pick on Royce Freeman. Elway very strongly was committed to him and said, I wish we had 52 guys just like him. You know, So I like Philip Lindsay. He made my honorable mention list, unlike uh, your boy Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> that Philip Lindsay would make it and Michael Thomas wouldn't is like clear... Clear indication of your strange bias against Michael Thomas. I don't think that's true. Um, I know the the CBS guys did a uh, some version of this recently, and I think they all had Lindsay. I don't know if they all did. Some of them had Lindsay at least. Multiple guys had Lindsay in the uh, their first round, and I don't know if any of them had Michael Thomas. Honestly, so maybe it's about your bias. Maybe we'll see what happens, man. I'm, Although we don't really think I'm, the CBS guys are that great. Anyway. No, no, we don't. 
All right, I got other honorable mentions, by the way. Go ahead. Um, Devontae Adams, mm. who was WR3 this year. Yeah, he was a guy I didn't, I didn't write down, but he's a completely reasonable honorable mention. He's he, gonna, was, he was great every game. He this was, is why I don't know what to do with Michael Thomas. This is why Michael Thomas is in my draft, on my draft board, at least as of today, is going to be like 18th, because we just keep naming guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, Devontae frickin' Adams. Like, of course. Michael Thomas, 18th. That sounds crazy. I got another guy that you love okay. on my honorable mentions, Travis Kelsey. I could see him going 12th overall. He was really good. He was really, really good this year. Yeah. 12th is a little high, but I think he's going to go mid-second round, mid to late second round. And he was going mid-third round this year. So I think he moves up around. I think Zach Ertz also goes at the end of the second round this year. And by the way, George Kittle is going to be like a third rounder, right? End of the third round kind of a guy, maybe even mid-third round. To give you a sense of Travis Kelsey and why he maybe should go 12th or, or even 11th yeah. overall, obviously there's a lot of position scarcity at tight end. There's like four good ones, right? Really three. It's Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. Yeah. And Ebron's like pretty good. I mean, Ebron is just touchdown heavy, though. Right. Nothing else. These other guys, those other three guys like deliver all across, all over the field. Like Ebron could just evaporate with, you know, touchdowns are really high variance. I agree. So with Kelsey, with the, Kel- the year that Kelsey had was kind of insane. Looking at running backs, receivers, and tight ends, Kelsey had the 15th most fantasy points out of all of those. Yeah. And he has extreme position scarcity. I mean, that makes me really want to take him in the first round. Huh. That's cool. Now, but you're the guy who was a little down on Tyreek Hill because you're worried about Mahomes repeating this kind of true, a season. True. So that's got to scare you a little bit. At the same point, if Kelsey was at 20, I would say the same thing. But when, why wouldn't you make that same case then for Zach Ertz, who doesn't have the same kind of like, like his quarterbacks didn't even have great years. Ertz was right there. That's a reasonable thing, although Ertz had 22 points fewer than Kelsey. That's a significant difference. Yeah, but he didn't have a quarterback who threw 50 touchdowns. Right. right. No, I, I know. So if, if Mahomes regresses and either Wentz or Foles, whoever's throwing the ball to him. I mean, uh, regression is different than saying that Mahomes and whoever the Philly quarterback are going to be equal next year. But they don't have to be, right? Like, Mahomes was so, many, was so much better than Carson Wentz this year, and still Ertz almost finished the same as Kelsey. That's what I would argue. Like, if Mahomes regresses and Wentz gets even a little bit better, like... Ertz has got well, a great opportunity. That's a to reasonable argument, him. too. I think they're not that far apart. Yeah. But I think they're both should be considered around the turn. I mean, just considering the, the position scarcity, you're going to have such a huge advantage at that position. I mean, Le'Veon Bell or Travis Kelsey at, at 13? If where you have to do, where, where is Le'Veon? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I don't have an answer to that. I David Johnson or Travis Kelsey? David Johnson. Okay. Well, then you're not going to be taking yeah. Travis Kelsey at the turn if I you're know. saying David Johnson. Like that's impossible. maybe maybe Travis Kelsey actually. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't thought about it enough, but I just want to like it's fun to have a first round tight end, and I think it's possible. You know, it is fun when it works. As someone who spent the majority of his auction dollars on Rob Gronkowski yeah. and, and <laughs> the, one of the leagues we're both in, uh, although I did win the title, you did. Um, I won the points. It sure wasn't because of Rob Gronkowski. You know, that was like. That guy gave me almost nothing all season. And although I played him every week anyway, he gave me a zero in the championship game against you, but I won anyway, thank goodness. I won the points. Yeah. All right, I think it's time for us to move on. Wait, I have one more thing. Okay. One more fun honorable mention. Okay. Derek Henry. I mean, come on. Derek Henry. You don't mean it. You don't mean it, though. Derek Henry. I mean, he had a monster back end of the season. Let me... Let me... Do a little deeper dive. Tell you a little bit about Derrick Henry here. Because I just had his numbers up, and I need to find them again. Okay, Everyone knows he had a good last month. Okay, All right. Let me just give you a sense of how much he came on at okay. the end. Weeks one through six, 
the most fantasy points he scored in half PPR was 5.9 weeks one through six weeks, seven through 17. He had two bad weeks. Every other week was over 10. Most of them were over 15, including a 48 point week and a 30 point week. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't think you can take him in the first round. Of course you can't. (laughs) You can barely take him in the second. You can take him at the end of the second round right now. Right. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Can't do any better. I just wanted to talk about him because of the insane rise he had over the, like five weeks ago. You'd say I maybe I'll be sad and take him in the eighth round. I don't even know if you. I don't think yeah. you take him in the eighth round before that. I think he's, it was like a twelfth round. He's or for sure rounder. not going past the third round at this point. I mean, he never makes it out of the third round. No, ever in a million years on any draft. No, any draft. I think he usually is going to go at the end of the second round. Although there's a lot of guys, and it's a weird year. Like Le'Veon's coming back, right? That's just sort of weird and never happens. Like if Antonio Brown gets traded and Levy gets traded, it's like two extra guys in the first round than would normally be there. Like, cause you're going to have like Juju or in the first two rounds, Juju and Antonio instead of just Antonio, though maybe Juju would be in any way. Actually he was so good, but like Connor and Le'Veon instead of just Le'Veon, you know, like it pushes somebody else out. It makes it harder. Nick Chubb, people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right, I think we did it. I think we definitely We're going to do some it. more fantasy stuff over the offseason, but that's our initial hits on the first round of fantasy. Yep. Um, do you want to read your 1 through 12 real quick? I'll do it real fast. Gurley, Zeke, Saquon, Kamara, McCaffrey, Connor, Julio, DeAndre, and then we go to the Tier 3, Nick Chubb, Tyree Kill, Melvin Gordon, Juju, and that's it. All right, and I got Gurley, Zeke, Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara... Cam- Sorry, I got a phone call. Camara, Julio, DeAndre, Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, James Conner, Tyreek Hill, and Nick Chubb. So we only actually had one, 11 of the same guys were in our first round, right? It just as I had, uh, um, who did I have that you didn't have? Now I forgot. Um, there's a guy. Was yeah, it? there's a guy. You had uh, it was Juju. Juju. I had Juju. You had Juju, and I had Michael Thomas. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. That's the difference. So a, lot of, a lot of yelling for... Uh, Pretty similar. Well, list. because our Michael Thomas thing makes me mad. I understand. I would love him to just obliterate you. That's cool. What so, I mean is come to your apartment and punch you in the face. <laughs> I know. I know that's what you mean. <laughs> All right, let's get to our best bets. Okay, let's do it. Um, so we only have, you know, four games available to us for this weekend. Yeah. So we're choosing from those games. What do you got? I got two. Okay. I can't help myself. I just have to go with the Chiefs minus five. That's that's my one. I don't see how you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like, they're just going to blow them out, right? I mean, I know the, the Colts are hot, blah, blah, blah. Andrew Luck looks great, blah, blah, blah. Come on, it's Pat Mahomes and the I Chiefs. I think there's a lot of that sentiment going around, and that's why the line is not more. Yeah. and I think so, too. I mean, the Colts yeah. look good, but I expect them to get, as you said, obliterated. I have another one. Okay. It's the one we talked about already, too. It's the Chargers plus four. Chargers plus four, okay. I don't. I don't hate that one. I definitely want to do the Chiefs one. Yeah, that's fine. We, we don't do have to do them both, but, but I like the Chargers, is too. The Chargers is kind of an emotional hedge for you? Is that why no, you want to do no, it? No, no, I think I, I was saying to you before the Lions came out, I thought that, I thought it should be Pats minus two. Yeah. And that and so being on the other side of the three, three not just three, but past three, three and a half or better, which is what four is, of course, um, that is like a huge difference. So, like, the Pats can win by three, and I and you can win the bet also. Like, that's that's a big deal. Like, Three is the most common number for a team to win by, you know, 12% of games and, and a three-point lead here, man. So, I don't know. To me, that, that is, like, kind of a tasty little piece of candy. <laughs> that was creepy as hell, but <laughs> let's do both of them. That's okay. good. Let's book it up. Great. All right. Well, we will see you tomorrow for the NBA edition. Hell, yeah. <laughs>